Should Jackson Pollock and Elsa Spear Byron from Wyoming fire their advisors, shop for lower fees, or switch to do-it-yourself financial planning? That's today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 446. Plus, the fellow spitball on whether 34-year-old Bob Wills in Texas can retire early at 50, and what's the best way for him to put an extra 30K to work? How much should 35-year-old Matthew in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, be saving for retirement in pre-tax accounts versus post-tax accounts? And finally, should Michelle in Minnesota leave excess education savings in a 529 plan or move it to a Roth IRA? Yes, we do use some fake names here on YMYW, and you can too. To get a retirement spitball analysis of your own or to ask your money questions, go to yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Ask Joe and Big Al on air. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Hello, Geriatric Joe, Big Al, and of course, wonderful Andy. First, I would like to say I've enjoyed discovering YMYW. Have made listening to your entertaining interactions a priority in Tuesday mornings. Next, I feel compelled to explain why I referred to Joe as geriatric. Yeah, I'm curious about that. I don't know. I've been called worse. I've been called marble mouth. (laughs) That is worse. This is just old. Yeah. Uh, Well, at least I get my name right. Yeah, no, for years it was There's Joel because I had marbles in my mouth. <laughs> I've got a question for Big Al and Joel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, women are classified as an advanced maternal age when they reach 35, and should they bear children after that age, the pregnancy is considered a geriatric pregnancy. Therefore, the same should apply to the father. Congratulations, Joe. It yeah, makes sense. Yep. Killing the game. Yeah. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Let's go. Finally, I hope after all of my quips, you could do a little spitball in how we should view assets under management fees as they relate to both of the accumulation phase as well as they relate to a safe withdrawal rate. Or if you could provide a professional opinion on the value of a good financial planner provides, I love to hear that too. Okay, I'm really second-guessing the current situation where are in with our financial advisors. Okay. That was – I got to work – we got to work on some grammar here. I'm really second-guessing the current situation we are in with our current financial advisors. And contemplating going back to a little DIY approach. Do it yourself. Or shopping for a lower fee structure. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So what the hell? Go to YMYW, get some little free spitball right here. I think so. Over the long term, it seems like there's a tremendous opportunity going out of our portfolio and fees. Going out of our portfolio and fees. Yeah, my eyes are super tired. Yeah. (laughs) I've done the math. And I theoretically knew the expense at the provided rate structure. Originally, I just justified it by running projections with a discount over the conservative rate of return. However, most recently, it dawned on me that I should consider the effective fee in retirement as part part of our safe withdrawal rate. Okay, Am I overthinking? A little bit. (laughs) Are financial advisors worth the fee over course of time? Maybe. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Well, it depends. (laughs) Depends on who you get. If it's someone that can barely read, the answer is yes. <laughs> Maybe go the other way. <laughs> go go DIY. 
<laughs> oh, I can barely read. Yeah, I'm worth at least 2%. <laughs> you got to get paid for all the free advice. Uh, what are the actual man hours tied to the management of the portfolio with structures like ours? They got two 401k, two Roth IRAs, two IRAs, one brokerage account. Okay. Andy, please. So we're changing the names here to keep keep yeah, innocent. Apparently, he said, "Please uh, make us anonymous or create some fantastic pen names for us." So this uh, couple is from Wyoming. So I found people who were from Wyoming, and I've named them after the artists Jackson Pollock, the painter, and Elsa Spear Byron, the photographer, both from Wyoming. Well, well, so very Jackson clever. and Elsa. Okay, got it. Okay, uh, he's got a little Chevy Silverado. Yep, uh, makes sense. Definitely Montana. Yep, yep. She's or got a Wyoming. DMC Sierra. Yeah, makes sense too. Yeah, drinks of choice, uh, domestic lager beer. Okay, and then her, she likes a little whiskey. This is right on track with their statement. He's forty nine, she's forty. Got horses. They got dogs. They got cats. Perfect. Man, I gotta go see <laughs> my boy Jackson. Here. Jackson and Elsa. Yeah, I will have a whiskey and a lager. <laughs> I, I know you will. <laughs> I will have a beer and a maybe, little whiskey. Maybe little more than one of each. Yeah, I might have a couple of each. Um, okay. Current portfolio, $1.6 million and a retirement goal of 5 to $6 million at her age 55. AUM fee structure. Current effective AUM rate fee is 1.7. Okay. Another firm for comparison will land at 1.12. Future at $6 million portfolio, effective could be 0.94 or 0.76, depending on the firm's rate structure. Hope I didn't miss any important details. Thanks for your thanks in advance. All right. So are advisors worth it? Well, it depends on the advisor and what you're getting. Right? I think that's the key. There shouldn't be, a, I guess, if they're providing value, it doesn't cost you anything. Right. If they're not providing value, it is the, the cost is in infinity. Right, right. So by by value, and are they keeping you invested, which is an important thing because we left on our own devices want to sell when the market's down and buy when the market's high, which is not a good recipe for success. Guaranteed Jackson's like, yeah, of course, Al. I don't, I won't do that stupid crap. Right. Secondly, um, your advisor hopefully is giving you some tax tips to help you save Maybe the investment strategy is better. Maybe not. That depends upon the advisor. But, but I think there's a lot of, a lot, you know, cash flow planning. Can you retire? Can you buy the second home? All these things are what an advisor does. And if you're getting those services, the, the fee may be worth it. If you're not, it may not be. Right. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, this is, I'm winging this off the top of my head. Um, Vanguard did a study. Yeah, is the cost of financial advice worth it? Right. right. Correct. I know what you're talking about. Then they broke it down into probably four or five different things. Correct. And so when you're looking at this is that, all right, well, first of all, do you have the appropriately constructed portfolio for your specific goals? Right. So he wants to get to five to $6 million. So he's got a million dollars today. And all right, how, how is he going to get to $6 million? What does the portfolio look like? How is it constructed? How much money do you have in stocks versus bonds versus international versus domestic? And how much money do you have in small companies versus large company growth values ver you know, versus value? So having the appropriate constructed portfolio is worth something. Yeah. Secondly, how are you managing the portfolio moving forward? Are you looking at making sure that you're keeping the risk parameters in place? 
So that means, are you rebalancing? And how are you rebalancing? Are you looking at opportunities when markets get volatile, right? So if the market drops, are you making moves? Are you are, are you rebalancing and buying more stocks when they're down and buying and selling, you know, your safe investments to, to, to buy more stocks? And like you said, Al, most people kind of do the opposite. It's like, okay, well, here, I feel like the, 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 uh, the market is a little bit overvalued. So I'm going to start making moves based on my gut or you're going to hear something or some market guru. And most of those times, those predictions are wrong. And so they make really decisions based on emotion. You need to have a disciplined decision. And we are not equipped as investors to manage our own money in a lot of cases, because when you see a train coming down the track and you're on the track, you want to get the hell out of the way. (laughs) Right. But if you have a, 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 someone that's watching over you, they're going to tell you when to move. Because there's no emotional attachment. It's all process-driven. Third, tax loss harvesting. So if you have money in a brokerage account, how are you harvesting those losses? So when a stock goes down or your mutual fund goes down, do you sell it and you buy something else? And then you take those losses and put it on your tax return that will offset future gains. So how often are you doing that? And what are you looking at replacing those different investments? So just as a portfolio construction and how you're managing that portfolio in a lot of cases is worth a fee. Is it worth 1%? Is it worth 2%? Is it worth 50 basis points? It really depends on the other planning aspects of your overall goals, right? Then that's where it gets into cash flow planning. Hey, I want to buy a cabin. Hey, I want to set up another structure to give to my grandchildren. I want to create a legacy. I have an estate planning issue, blah, 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 blah. There's a lot more things involved in an overall comprehensive financial strategy than just the investment portfolio. Right. Can I retire at 60 or 65, 45, whatever it may be? And what if this happens? How does it look? This is what cash flow planning is all about. That if your advisor knows something about taxes, may be able to help you with Roth conversions and other strategies to reduce taxes. So in in many cases, the advisor is worth it. In many cases, maybe not. I, I think more importantly, then it's looking at, okay, now you've reached your $6 million goal and you're trying to create $150,000 of income. How are you going to create the income? How are you still going to rebalance the portfolio? How are you still going to tax manage the portfolio? How are you going to look at Roth conversions and other tax strategies as you're moving through your distribution phase. So there's a lot of moving variables here. Right. And do you want to do that yourself? And, and if you want to continue to do it yourself, do it yourself and save a couple of bucks. If you want to hire a professional, just make sure that you get the full gamut. Or you know what? You just call into our show every couple of weeks and we'll tell you. <laughs> ask a question. <laughs> just ask a question. You get this for free. <laughs> wow. Easy there, Tiger. Joe's a bit fired up, Elsa. Speaking of free stuff... From the podcast survey last month, I know that more than half of YMYW listeners are financial do-it-yourselfers. So if that's you, you'll want to download the DIY Retirement Guide. It's the special offer right now at yourmoneyyourwealth.com, but only until this Friday. It's 40-plus pages of practical, actionable information that you can use to plan your retirement income, choose a tax-efficient distribution method, develop an investing strategy that meets your needs, and prepare for the unexpected. All of this information information is normally only available in our retirement classes or one-on-one meetings. And last time this DIY retirement guide was available was back in May, and it'll be several months before it's available again. So go download it now. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app. Go to the show notes, claim the DIY retirement guide by this Friday, September 15th, 2023. Hey fellas, Andy. 
My name is insert fake name, Andy's choice. <laughs> I chose Bob Wills because Bob here lives in Texas and Bob Wills was the king of Western swing. He had huge hits in the 1940s. His group was called Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys. So uh, I think I've heard of them. Yep. Live in Texas, my beautiful wife and three kids, all under six. Great show. I'm dedicated listener for the last two weeks. Still, Bob. still into it after two <laughs> weeks. Two, two weeks. Uh, just wait till this week. <laughs> just a little one star. Unsubscribe. <laughs> I, I enjoy a bourbon and a cigar. And my wife enjoys anything refreshing with tequila or vodka. All right. Where are we? I have no idea. After taxes and pre-tax contributions. We take home about $150,000 and invest 20% of that. We feed and clothe our kids with what's left. All right. Pay themselves first. I and like that. If there's money left over, hey, you're going to get a new pair of shoes. You want, you want some dinner? <laughs> Can't afford it right now. Uh, ramen noodles. <laughs> <laughs> we made a, a six pounds of rice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, my wife and I are 34. You would like to be able to retire at 50. Here are the numbers. Net worth 750000 This is made up of Bob's $300,000 equity in the house. We also owe $300,000 on a 15-year mortgage. $400,000 invested. He's got 50000 in a cash reserve. I'm following the basic three-fund portfolio with 90-10 stock bonds and 70-30 U.S. international. When looking at pre-tax versus Roth, we are 70-30 heavier on pre-tax and our annual contributions follow the similar mix of our pre-tax and Roth. Annual contributions for me look like max out my 401k, max and myself and my wife's Roth IRA, $3,600 goes into some 529 plans. Kids will get some tuition assistance for my military service, so these don't need to be fully funded. Well, thank you for your service. $2,500 going into a uh, brokerage account. We are anticipating another $30,000 a year increase with VA disability benefits being approved. Now for some spitballing. What would be the best way to put that extra $30,000 to work? My employer's 401k plan offers the mega door back Roth, so this could be an option. Okay, What is your perception of paying off the mortgage early? I'm sure it's one of those episodes, but I haven't heard it yet. Oh, you're only two two episodes in. <laughs> Just stick with us. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, should we be focusing all future contributions on Roth? We're sort of trying to hedge our bets on the 50-50 split of Roth versus pre-tax. Do you see any logic in this? Or is 100% Roth always the winner? Um, how does retirement at 50 look? Annual spending would be somewhere between 80 to 100,000, depending on travel. Thanks for the spitball. Fake name here. Bob Wills. Bob Wills. Okay. Well, let me answer the last question, then we'll go back. All right. Annual spending is yep. going to be 80 yep. to 100,000 with yep. a little extra travel. Can he retire? Yeah. Yeah. Can he retire at 50? So 400,000 at this point, not including the cash. 60,000 per year saving, 6% over 16 years. That becomes 2.2 million uh, at age, how old is he? 30 something. Yeah, so I'm just gonna say 3% distribution rate, 66 grand plus uh, plus VA, 30. So that's 96,000. If you take current spending- He's probably got another military pension if he gets the VA, or do you maybe. think 100% is approved on the VA? Uh, he, he, he may, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna assume 
He doesn't. Yeah. He but didn't. let's go on this. And eighty to hundred thousand dollars today would be like one hundred twenty-one thousand to one hundred fifty-one thousand in the future. You got ninety-six coming in, so maybe you're twenty-five to fifty thousand short. If you got another military pension, maybe that takes care of it, or maybe you work part time for that stub period. You don't say what your social security is, so it's hard to know how to factor that in. I think you're close, but I think based upon the numbers you gave me, you're short. Yeah, I would agree with that assumption, depending with, with the numbers here. The biggest thing is the stump from age 50 to 67, 68 with social security. Yeah. Depending on what that benefit is exactly. going to be. But if he's going to retire at 50. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a big period of time. Yep. yep. Um, okay, so let's see. What's the best way to put the extra 30K to work? I like the mega door back. Yeah, you already answered the question. 1A, the, four, One, the yes. mega back door Roth. Yep. And, and so the way that you can't just put money into that, but you can have that come out of your salary and live off of, of your brokerage account instead of salary. So that's how you get that done. Yeah, you put the $30,000 in cash because you're going to put that much more into your overall retirement account to do the mega door back Roth. And you're just going to live off the cash in the yeah, account because exactly. your income from the salary is not going to be there. Yep. Okay. What is your perception of paying out the mortgage early? You've got 2.9% on a 15-year fix. That is going to be the cheapest money that we'll see in probably 15 years. Don't do it. And it's going to be paid off when you retire anyway. So just keep going. Yep. Like like that. Okay. Should we... And sometimes with mortgages, right? We even tell clients to refinance and have a mortgage throughout retirement. Sure. If their cash, if their liquid assets are too low. Yeah. You, you want to keep that payment as low as possible with the lowest potential rate. You know, right now we're not doing that just because rates are so high, but you're locked in at 2.9%, 2.993%. That's a pretty good rate at 15 years, but he's got 300,000 in equity. Does he plan on selling and doing something else? Well, uh, I'm assuming no, but that's always possible to use that too. But if he is going to sell, let's say when he retires, then you definitely don't want to pay the thing off. Right. Because then that's leverage. Right. right. That's right. Exactly. Uh, should let's we see. be focusing all future contributions on Roth? Well, I like Roth quite a bit, but it depends on his income. Yeah, and it depends on a lot of things. Uh, and by the way, the answer is never a hundred percent Roth because you got tax brackets. Right? Yeah, here's here's why you want to fill up the the twelve percent bracket or future fifteen percent bracket with your four hundred one k or IRA required minimum distribution. So you want to have some because you don't want to pay higher taxes for to eliminate that 12% bracket. So no, you never want 100, 100%. Right, because there's always going to be lower brackets, right? Right. You know, standard deduction or itemized deduction is going to give you some free income. And then there's a 10% bracket, 12%, or it's going to be 10, 15%. Let's just say they stayed in those ranges. You probably want to utilize at least the 10% tax bracket up. Because I don't know, what's his income? 200 something thousand? Did he give it to us? I don't know. But let's say he's in the 24% or 22% tax bracket today. He's still going to have its marginal bracket. Some of it's taxed at zero. Right. Some of your in, um, investment or income will be taxed at 10 and then so on and so forth. So just understanding those lower brackets is what's going to you know, give you a tax benefit today and also potentially pay lower taxes on those dollars later. Right. Now, here's what could change the whole Roth analysis. And that is if you're fixed income, let's say you have a big pension right? Let's say you got rental property. That's already ordinary income. So now it's like, well, maybe I, I need more in Roth than non-Roth because I'm already in higher brackets, right? So you, you just have to look at case by case. 
Hello, my friends. It's been a while since I've written, but I've been listening, and I'm happy you guys are just as nutty as ever. <laughs> okay. Um, I appreciate you keep me company moving my lawn and shoveling my snow every week. It, or mowing. Moving. <laughs> moving some grass along your lawn. <laughs> That's true. Uh, an update on my favorite drink. I've been quite passionate about a weird mix of pouring ginger ale and a splash of vodka over frozen fruit. It's a slushy delight at the end of a hot day. That's not, Never tried that. I'm going to try that this weekend. <laughs> While you're mowing the lawn? Yeah. Or moving the lawn. <laughs> no, I'm going to move some lawn. Um, I don't know if it's a thing. I'm one of the rare ones around here that doesn't really drink and doesn't know anything about anything. But don't tell anyone. Okay. Well, we won't mention it. Right. 31 years old, married, two kids. Whip it? It's a, it's a whip a it. It's a dog. Yeah. A whip it? My question is, of course, about Roth in plan conversions. By 403B just started offering the option, and I'm pretty jacked about it. Right now we have about $460,000 in pre-tax and $180,000 in Roth. We max out both of our contributions and are both 100% Roth. As soon as our plans offered them, we also have $130,000 in Roth IRAs that we max out every year. Wife has 30K and an HSA that is maxed out every year. We have about $150,000 in a brokerage account that we contribute to when we have a little extra. Based on my rough math, even if we continue to contribute the max to a Roth to the 403Bs, in 25 years, our most pessimistic retirement age, 25 years, We'd have about the same amount in pre-tax as Roth, assuming 8% return. I've heard it's good to have a mix of different tax treatments in retirement, but this feels like a lot of pre-tax. How do you guys think about, how do you think through what kind of mix makes sense, okay? In your opinion, is it worth doing some in-plan conversions with every uh, with some cash every year? I don't know. We're in the 24% tax bracket, which likely won't change until we retire. Uh, bonus question. I had open heart surgery this year. Uh, wow. It was to correct a problem. Well, I'm glad it was corrected. Yeah, me too. It likely won't affect my life expectancy, but of course, it's a gut check. And when been talking a lot about working less now and retiring early, we spend about $75,000 a year and won't spend more than $100,000 in retirement, ignoring inflation. Um, if we continue to max out all the accounts and save about $10,000 into the brokerage, how early do you think we could retire? Assuming a 7% ROI. Appreciate all you do. I hope my question provided some value to your listeners. I don't know. We've been doing. I don't know we'd be doing as well as we are right now without listening to you guys every week for years now. I raise my glass to you full of frozen fruit and ginger ale. A little all bit right. of vodka. Cheers, Matthew. All right. Oh, yeah. A little middle, to, middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. A little Scotty. Yeah, there you go. All right. So I did a little math. All right. All Thank right. God you did. <laughs> so I just took the 460 in pre-tax and went out 25 years at 8%, which were the the numbers and years that he told us. That would be about 3.2 million. Mm -hmm. 3.2 million is, call it 120, 130,000. As a, as a RMD, 
Now, well, at, at least at 50. Now, you probably have to double it again or triple just well, because. Well, he's 35 years old. Yeah. So at, at age 50. So so if you take the. Well, he wants to, You said 25 years. That's 60. Well, I want to see. Okay. I'm sorry. It was 60. Yeah. Yeah. So so it'd be four. It, it'd be 3.2 million at 60. Call it six or seven million. Right. So that the distribution is pretty high. Well, hold on. Let's say 3.2 million at age 60. That's when he wants to retire, right? Yep. <laughs> Let's say he takes a 3% distribution yeah. at age 60. Yeah. It's 96,000. Right. He's going to be in the 12% tax bracket or the 15% tax bracket if he takes 3%. So let's say he starts depleting the account is what I'm talking about from 60 to 75. Right. So he's looking for the proper mix of IRAs versus Roth IRAs. Right. And is he going to have enough money if he retires at age 60? So he said he also is going to have, what, 3.2 in Roth? So he could take another $96,000 from the Roth, and that would be tax-free. So he's basically living off of $200,000 in future dollars in 25 years. So he wants to spend $100,000 in today's dollars? Yeah. So in 25 years, that's probably 250. Probably. Yeah, it could be. 100,000. Let's, what do you want to use? 3% inflation? Yeah, use 25. Future value? Yeah, 209. Yeah. Yeah, you're about right. Pretty close. Yeah. So I I think that works. Um, And I think it's probably fine, right? Yeah. He's going to be in a pretty low tax bracket. Let's say if he continues that, goes all Roth. But here's the problem. He's in the 24% tax bracket today, and he's probably going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement because he's going all Roth right now. Yeah, exactly. Because then, let's say he posts, well, the RMDs on that, and 10 years, if he pulls 3%, it gets 6% out. Yeah, it'd be a little higher. It'll be a little bit higher, maybe a hundred grand. But still, never, but then you have Social Security. I mean, there's a lot of variables here, right? But um, yeah, no, I, I think that's still a good mix. Second question. Can you retire early? So I just ran one point in time. I'm not going to run like all these in my, it just on my calculator, but at age, um, I went out 15 years. So age 50. Okay. I like that age. Just to see what happens. All right. right. And so uh, using the uh, amount that they have, plus what they're adding, 640,000 now, plus adding about 66,000 a year at 7%, which was his number, I get about 3.4 million. Okay. 3% distribution, maybe at age 50. 100 grand. 100 grand. Spending 75, uh, 15 year, 3%. Inflation is 117. Close. Pretty close. Not quite there, but. At age 50, I mean, you work part time and make 20 grand. Uh, that's exactly right. You're only 20 grand short. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I think that does work. Yeah. Yeah, he's really close. He's doing an awesome job. Yeah, right? totally agree. And so at age 50, just know that, all right, hey, if I can grind for 15 more years, age 50, keep saving what you're saving, you're going to be super close. Yeah. And then work is optional. And then. Yeah, just know. work part time for part of that. And, you know, when it pleases you. But, you, you know, probably need a little more, but maybe not because we don't know what your Social Security is. If you want a retirement spitball analysis of your own, you know what to do. Just go to yourmoneyyourwealth.com and click Ask Joe and Al on air. But how easy would it be if you could just plug your income, savings, and expenses into a retirement calculator and see your chance of retirement success in two minutes? With our brand new Easy Retirement Calculator, you can do just that. Go to easyretirement.com. That's E-A-S-I retirement.com to get started. E-A-S-I stands for Education Assessment Strategy Implementation. These are the building blocks of a sound retirement plan. 
you're already educating yourself by listening to YMYW. Now go to easyretirement.com to assess your financial wellness. Create a login and pick either the quick two-minute path or the comprehensive eight-minute path. And the free calculator will help you map out your next step, your strategy. Maybe your chance of a successful retirement isn't as high as it should be. At easyretirement.com, you can play with the numbers right there in the calculator and see at a glance just how much of a difference it makes if you work one year longer or take Social Security one year later. You'll know exactly what you need to do to improve your financial wellness. Then don't forget to implement your plan for a better chance at a successful retirement. Start calculating your free retirement plan now at easyretirement.com. That's E-A-S-I retirement.com. Dear Joe, Big Al, and Andy, thanks for the informative, easy-to-follow podcast. I learn some each time I listen while I go on walks. I have a question I do not think has been covered. Okay. All right. Something new. Something new. I'm excited. I, me too. That means it's not about a Roth conversion uh, or the, the, the five-year-old. Right. Now, I guarantee I probably don't know the answer. <laughs> My husband and I opened 529 plans for our two children when they were born. When they went to choose their college, we indicated we would pay $100,000 each for their education. Anything above that, they needed to pay, but anything below was theirs to be giving at some stage in the future. The thought was that they would not be any extra, but it would help keep their college choice reasonable. Okay, I like that. Oh, playing little games. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, little mind games. Yeah, hey, we're gonna pay hundred grand there, kids. <laughs> so pick a school that's reasonable. Yeah, right. Uh, when they went to college, each account was fully funded to cover the hundred thousand dollars agreement. So a total of two hundred thousand. Both kids selected well-priced state universities and earned scholarships. Nice. Additionally, since student loans were zero percent, they took out loans, and I kept their five twenty-nine plans aggressively invested okay both kids have graduated and are fully launched congrats with great careers with bright futures yippee <laughs> i like that <laughs> emphasis added yeah you like that yeah yeah good i practice in my that's that's why it's fun for you to read uh even when i pay off the student loans when they come to you from the 529 plans that we have left will be $90,000. Uh, so for my first question, do I have to leave the money in the 529 plan in case they go back to graduate school or for their future children's education? You could keep it in there. Yeah, yeah. you could change beneficiaries. And that's if they a, go back to grad school, you can use the 529 plan to purchase that. If they have grandkids, you can change beneficiaries. It's a fine strategy. Yep. yep. So you're all good there. Okay. With uh, Secure 2.0, Okay. I know I can move money to a Roth subject to the $6,500 per year limit per kid. And this would be easy to do with the 529 plan, uh, which is at Vanguard. And both have already established small Roths with Vanguard to the lifetime $35,000 max. Okay. So she wants to transfer $6,500 of this excess $90,000 of the 529 plan. Does she want to fund her own or does she want to fund the kids? Well, it would have to be the kids, I think. Well, she could fund her own if she changed the beneficiary of the 529 plan to herself. Oh, to herself. Well, sure. But um, but I think the agreement was that they would get the excess. Got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could do that as well. Yeah, nothing As long that. as they have earned income and qualify for, this, for the Roth IRA. So you, you have to qualify just like you're you're putting in after-tax dollars yeah, in yeah. the Roth. 
But it sounds like so that so to do this, uh, you have to have had the 529 plan for 15 years, which seems to be true. Yeah, they graduated. Yeah, right. They were unless they're Doogie Hauser. <laughs> graduated from college <laughs> at, at 14. Like, yeah, at 12. He's <laughs> <laughs> a doctor. Good point. Okay. Um, and yeah, you are correct. 35,000 is the maximum amount per kid, 6,500 a year. They have to have earned income to at least cover that. So, um, yeah, and you can't, you can't do this with 529 contributions over the past five years, which that doesn't sound like that happened. Nope. So yeah. I, yeah, I think you're good. Either one's great. You probably, you probably want to do both, get as much money to the Roth as possible. And the rest just leave for your kids or their kids future education. I think that's great. Okay. Another question. Do I have to pay a penalty if I take the money out to help to buy a home? Uh, yes. Yeah, correct. And higher education. So a home is not higher education. Right. Um, or some combination. Neither kid is requesting the extra funds. Thoughts? Well, it's because you played mind games with them. Because <laughs> they said they thought it was only 100K. That's all you got. It's like, we're going to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to give you $100,000, but it needs to be a reasonably placed school. And I'm the, going to give you the definition of what that well, is. Well, it doesn't have to be, but they have to pay for the rest. That's actually, that's clever for you, Joe, in, in about <laughs> yeah, 25 20. years. <laughs> Remember this. <laughs> Man. Most importantly, my husband's drink of choice is bourbon old fashioned, and mine is Cosmo. Oh, very sophisticated cocktails. Oh, I like to go out to drinks with them. Right. I'm definitely have an old fashioned. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much. P.S. Andy, since you are the only one that will read read to the end, oh, please respond with what episode this question is. Okay. And thanks for keeping the guys on track and correcting Joe's reading. <laughs> sure, Michelle. Yeah, Michelle from Minnesota. That's your home state. Yeah. Just give me a little digs there. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I wonder where they went. They went to University of Minnesota Duluth, I bet. You think? That's maybe the, Mankato. That's the, uh, that'd be the cost-effective in-state? Yeah, yes. Got it. Or maybe junior college for two years. Yeah, Crestford. maybe Normandale. <laughs> Okay. Very cool. Uh, all right. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Wonderful. Thanks for your questions again, folks. Show's called Your Money or Well. We'll see you next time. Bourbon and cigars in the derails at the end of the episode, so stick around. The best way you can thank Joe and Big Al for all the free spitballing is to help new listeners find the show. You can do that by telling your friends and colleagues to listen and follow the Your Money, Your Wealth podcast. And you can leave your honest reviews and ratings for YMYW in Apple Podcasts and any other podcast app that accepts them. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule a free financial assessment in person at one of our seven offices around the country or online at a date and time convenient for you no matter where you are. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. All right. 
kind of with Bob here, man. A little cigar and bourbon. I think that's where I'm going. I haven't started the cigars yet, but I, I, I see them coming around the corner. Oh, boy. I can't stand cigars. Little, little yeah, I'm with that, you. That's out for me. It's going to be great, Al. <laughs> Joe's going to do it just to offend people. <laughs> you, can, you can sit on the other side of the patio. It's just, you know, <laughs> I, I play golf with a lot of people that smoke cigars. I know. It, Everyone I play golf it, with smokes cigars. It seems to be a thing. I didn't get that gene. Well, it's never too late, Al. <laughs> I think it's coming back. I don't feel like it's healthy, so I'm not going to start It's it. in vogue. <laughs>